All right, how's how's Tim looking? Tim, I see you here, but uh, oh, he says, here. "Okay, go do the intro." <laughs> okay, okay, go. Uh, hi everyone. Uh, welcome to Enlightened Mike. My name is Jacob, and this is Archer. What's up? Hey. Uh, today we're going to just go over our pre-release experience this weekend, talking about cards we thought were relevant, uh, strategies and heroes, uh, and then kind of what we're looking forward to going into this draft set. So everything limited today on Enlightened Mike. Um, so yeah, let's just start off. Uh, Archer, how was your pre-release weekend? How many events did you play? Heroes did you play? How'd you do? Uh, I was able to make two, um, First of all, I had an amazing time. It was awesome to see like players I didn't recognize before, new players that have been coming to armories recently, um, as well as like some of the the more uh, experienced players from like who sh- who sh- don't come to the shops that I uh, regular at um, all show up for these events. It was um it was really cool. Uh, the set's really fun. There's a it's grindy, and grindy allows for a lot of opportunities to make like um really key and heads up uh micro decisions um and so there's like a really rewarding like learning how to play the set as you were working through so i played sorry i like ramble a little bit i I played assassin both days um Mm -hmm. i started with i had a a good arachne pool at my first pre-release and then i had an azuri pool in my next pre-release and i wasn't intending to play assassin i didn't i was just gonna play (laughs) what my pool dictated but right it, I think as a lot of people saw, like just having access to both of the multi-class cards, um, it makes a sealed pool pretty easy to build. That's yeah, I think that's the I think that's the first lesson that was easy easy to learn after my first pre-release too. Is like you're gonna want to play assassin and sealed, just because you get the most cards, so you get the most chances to build a deck instead of just playing like your pile and having to work through it. Yeah. Like I actually did find myself cutting some assassin cards. To go a, a particular way with an assassin um but yeah i mean i think i think the general consensus was run azuri or arachne unless you really had like some super strong pull to pull you another way to pull you onto a ninja or or pull you onto a ranger um what but yeah play? so how did oh i played um i tried to play as much as i could like i just wanted to try stuff out so i thought i had a decent ranger pull at the first pre-release I did not, in fact, have a good ranger pool. Uh, I kept. Fatiguing myself, I ran 30 clean, um, and a lot of people were not doing that. Uh, and I yeah. just exerted myself. I switched halfway through the first pre release onto Arachne uh, and then took two, two wins off that. And so that kind of opened up my mind to oh you play you play assassin it's going to be you're just going to have more cards for it it's going to be a more uh, powerful deck in most yeah. cases and then the next pre-release i played <clears throat> again resisting to play assassin i played a benji i won a game on benji uh and then the next round i was like all right now we play assassin to have a chance of winning this event <laughs> um i didn't know you started on benji uh, that day oh yeah i took i benji was the first one and i took it down um and it felt so good i got the um i did get a um wandering whatever the new benji uh, majestic is yeah the specialization uh i got that line into a uh descendant gust wave uh bonds turn 
And just that alone felt great, and it was blue bonds, so it was unblockable into the next attack that I got from my graveyard. Um, so that was a pretty awesome turn. But um, then I switched over to Azuri, and at that point I I played four heroes, and I was like, this is awesome. Like I'm getting a taste of everything that's going on. And um, I got wins on every hero except for Riptide. So, <laughs> uh, I don't quite understand Ranger. Uh, it's not something I have experience with, so I don't think I had a chance really in the sealed format with that. Yeah, I tried um, Ranger pretty pretty hard. I was like, yeah. if I didn't have more than like five reds, like between pumps and uh, arrows, I wasn't even looking at Ranger past that. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I had uh, an alluring amount of traps in my first sealed pool. I think pulled like six or seven traps and was like, oh, this this feels good. Like you run Riptide here, right? And then it was just like, no, I don't think so. Like, I think the traps are still good. I don't, I'm not saying like anti-trap thing. I just don't know if Riptide's actually the best person to be running traps in sealed specifically. I think if you can build him in a draft format, yeah, he might have more gas with the, with the traps. Yeah. The Um, only trap that I ended up liking, um, I I didn't pull very many between my two pools was mm -hmm. the, the blood rot trap. Um, the one that triggers on reactions. And that's just because I played against a bunch of Azuri, a bunch of Azuri. And so it was like, it was always relevant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So do you want to talk about the different archetypes between uh, the two different assassins and how you felt about each one? Like how you felt about playing Arachne versus how you felt about playing Azuri and what you see as their strengths and what things you should look out for as far as uh, when you're building the decks? Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so I played, played a bunch of Assassin over the weekend. Um, not a class that I have interest in playing in CC, but, uh, Limited's totally different ballgame, right? It's a, a whole different, like, kind of set of goals almost. Right. Um, I think the strength of both of the Assassins is very clearly the Spider's Bite. Um, that weapon is nuts. <laughs> it doesn't have a pitch restriction like the Kadachis do um it's two costs in a weird way like helps you like helps you pitch stack a little bit better um and uh and the value is just so good and in in a set that already like makes like tunes blocking and power level down like the one damage is not that different compared to the rest of things um and then the hit effect is like huge value and I, I mean, I found also that the the one damage is so relevant late game, and the fact that it has piercing makes the the two cost make a bunch of sense. Because if that was a one cost with piercing at the end of the game, it would actually be devastating. Um, but there's so many times where people get to late game, uh, and they're like, "Oh, I'll, I'll try to block this as armor," and I had to rem- remind multiple opponents like piercing, piercing, like don't don't do that. Yeah, your <laughs> like, other piece of armor if you want. Yeah, no, like totally, like if you want to block two pieces of armor on, on this, that's totally fine. Yeah. Um, but I think that was funny because yeah, Arachne's been out for a couple months, and spiders bites have just never really mattered. They, you know, just nobody cared. And then in the limited format and like seeing them shine, that was really cool. I, that was a, one of the most fun experiences of the weekend, and just being like, oh, spiders bite every turn. I'm I actually hate this. I actually yeah. really hate this. And then yeah. when you when you block the first one, they go, okay, cool. Pitch a relevant red. Here's the second one. <laughs> it's so it's so hot because it's like there were turns that like I fully intended to pitch a spider's bite end with an attack. Um and then like I saw them block it and I was like, man, I'll just swing another one. They'll probably they might block this one. They shouldn't, because <laughs> I have no cards in hand, or like I just had an arsenal. Um 
and uh, and then they would block the second one. I'm like, cool. Mm. I didn't lose any cards in deck. I took two cards from you. Um, yeah. It's like just as good as sending attacks sometimes. Yeah. I think uh, so. Okay. And then so so as to the differences between the assassins, um, Arachne is very face value. He's like pretty good at playing his hands if you have a good deck for him uh, in a set that oftentimes you would struggle to play out your whole hand like i chose to go second every opportunity i could over the weekend but there's definitely hands that you're like well i glad i have a two uh two cost weapon that i can try to like <laughs> filter out some cards really that's what, yeah. what it no, was that's seriously, yeah. yeah um and uh yeah so so arachne goes wide really trivially um I found cards that like extended that really, really good. I mean, Rabble was just like an all-star all weekend. Um, yeah, Ravenous Rabble is such a good card. Every 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 format of this game, Ravenous Rabble is an awesome card. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because if if you can get your um, your pitch pre-tightened in your sealed or draft deck, um, like I think eight blues is probably where you want to be at for Arachne. I think Azuri can um, probably wants to play a little bit more. Um, just to facilitate hands, uh, like two blue hands and a, a two uh, two cost, um, so you can bite, bite, throw a sixer. Mm -hmm. um, but like you run eight blues, and like those cavernous rabbles are hitting pretty consistently. Um, I was I got probably a little bit above average luck on the rabbles that I played over the weekend, but they just another chain link wire like being able to throw that first then a spider's bite like there's a lot of options you don't really have to worry about breaking the combat chain so you can be like really flexible about how you play your pumps um arachne really uses his hand well on, yeah. the, on the other hand um he doesn't disrupt as easily because you're gonna be limited by your on hits stealth on hits that you have for the most part um he doesn't play two costs very well they're really awkward um and azuri kind of flips that azuri really likes those two power or sorry two cost i keep messing that up um <laughs> but she really struggles to go wide um she can also use ravels really well to just help extend she can azuri that in to surprise go again and then oh i love that something. the surprise uri uh azuri five go again off the ravenous yeah. is yeah. always it, it feels like a smart play it is extending your turn and you've kind of tucked away a nice uh, on hit which is really fun too to keep stealth cards for later in the game i like to play it off of like an isolate too so you're saving those isolates for later when they're even more relevant mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah like uh like a play that is in constructed uh considered like below rate like uh e-strike go again is like the weakest mode um and that's essentially what you're getting with rabble off of missouri um but in a set where the power level is tuned down, like that sudden, like things that are just at rate are really good in this uh, format. Um, so yeah, so she she can they utilize a lot of the same cards. It's really interesting when we get to draft and we're like making decisions in the draft, like which direction we're gonna go. Um, uh, yeah, it's gonna be really interesting. I haven't got any draft experience yet, and I'm really excited to. Um, but the differences are pretty minimal i think azuri leans itself to being defensive more um i'm not sure why i think that might have just been because most of the zuris i played against were playing like some sort of pile no i think um, it has to do i mean i think you made a good point earlier where she doesn't get as good of a use out of four card hands 
So like, I think yeah, in Missouri, a, a lot of times you are kind of convinced to block just to get value out of your hand. So you're not holding on to cards for multiple turns. It's like, Oh, well I have a stealth and a relevant two for six. So I can just block with these other two cards if they're not blues or if they're two reds, like maybe I could pitch it for a spider's bite, but you're probably going to be better off blocking, keeping your life total high coming in for your stealth attack or, you know, God forbid you just block with all three of those cards and then you arsenal that stealth card. Like I found that to be such a good play all weekend. Mm -hmm. um, block with three cards with Azuri, pocket your stealth card. Next hand, you can kind of do that all over again. You can either play that two card hand or a three card hand with a spider's bite. And it's, you know, blocking with two cards. You just get tons of value that way, especially with Assassin and all their three blocks, right? Yeah, yeah, you're like right. You uh, arsenaling, arsenaling the stealth card is was really, really key, especially when, like, you're very aware of, like, how limited you are on the stealth cards. Um, so, like, when I drew opening hands of, like, multiple red stealth cards, and I'm like, mm, I block with these, and I'm down to six. <laughs> I have to, like, really ration them. Because, like, Azuri can also function off less stealth cards overall um, because she is consistently recycling them into her deck. Um, and so I think uh, that's another thing to go on, like the differences. Like if you, if you're leaning way more of the stealth cards, Arachne might be a better suited. Um, but if you have got more of those generics, Azuri might, might make more sense. Or, and I also feel like another card that really kind of sways you one way or the other is Razor's Edge. Um, I thought Razor's Edge was great. It's okay. You know, it's okay in Azuri. Yeah. But it's great in Arachne because yeah. in Azuri, you're you're only using it late game because you're going to want to use your stealth attacks to switch out for something better unless they have a relevant on hit, which I really only think are two, uh, Wither and Infect, because Infect mm -hmm. is Blood Rot and then Wither is uh, Frailties. So those are the only ones you really want to boost. Other than that, it's like, what, I'm going to boost a, a backstab that's just to leak three damage? Like, that doesn't feel good. You, you're much better switching in a two for six. But the Razor's Edge in Arachne, where you're already going wide and your opponent's really concerned about trying to get good value on their blocks, so they're only blocking with a card each time, and you're able to just consistently sneak in that uh, two to three damage. Yeah. Um, that's how you win games on Arachne, I really found, is constantly coming in with relevant on-hit stealth cards and boosting them over uh, yeah. with your attack reactions. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm a... I, I I feel pretty comfortable with Assassin class just after mm -hmm. this one weekend. Um, I definitely know I need a lot of practice with other ones, especially Ranger. Um, yeah, same. A, a class that I don't have like a ton of. I played a little bit of Lexi. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, and then Ninja Ninja just feels like something that's probably gonna shine more in draft, and I'll get a better feel um, of that when we get some drafts in. Yeah, totally. And I think that's a, a perfect transition into the draft talk. Mm -hmm. So. We'll just start with Ninja. Uh, things we didn't see in the sealed format that could be fixed by drafting and actually curating the set uh, of cards you have. Because like when I, you, you open your uh, Ninja sealed pool and you might not have enough zero cost uh, blues. You yep. might not have relevant combo lines. You might not have enough combo starters. So these are the these are the most common problems I saw with my Ninja pools kind of over and over again. And people were talking about like, oh, if you have a bunch of the yellows and blues, you just play uh, NG and just like kind of go unblockable. But if you don't have go again, which this set is actually kind of choked up on for Ninja, like a lot of the Ninja cards either have to have the combo line to gain go again or are uh, combo two card combo finishers. I saw that a lot with one two punch and um, I forget the kick line. But it's these, it's these cards that don't have go again. And those felt really, really bad uh, in Benji's sealed pool. 
So what kind of things are we looking for to, to draft? Like what cards specifically are you looking for uh, in a draft pool that would really kind of pull you to ninja early? Or if you're on the ninja path, what are things that you would, you'd want to pick up? Definitely, definitely like three block blues. Um, mm -hmm. Ninjas don't block very well in this set. Um, but there's a decent amount of three block blues at common. Um, so you can scoop those up. That seem like really valuable because any like ninja is going to want to be winning uh, before the late game where assassin is going to try drag you to the late game. Um, and so I really think you need to get as much value as you can on your turn cycles. Uh, mm -hmm. And so like those those three blocks, like it's going to be really crucial. Um, I think you're yeah, you're the starters. Starters and starters. You, you like water is going to help a bunch because like yeah. no one's going to be wanting to block. Uh, those like with with more hand uh cards held back um <sighs> yeah you're you're gonna need to just like have a things that can push above rate um because you're not disrupting your opponent for the most part you need so, to have the raw power you yeah, need to have the need, raw power you need to have breakpoints right yeah. like the um the one the twin twister is probably really good just because it it's a breakpoint and that's like really relevant in the set there's not a lot of four blocking things um peace of mind is like the only thing that comes to mind um and i think you're going to expect like your opponents to be blocking a bunch so you really need to be able to leak damage where you can't luckily kadashi's great for that but yeah i, I was going to say i think ninja's one advantage in this limited set is their ability to go wide like really all the other heroes kind of want to pump go tall or be tricky mm -hmm. uh and Ninja, I mean, Arachne to a certain sense wants to go wide, but he's really only go like Spider's Bite, Stealth Attack, Stealth Attack, or yeah. Spider's Bite, Spider, you know, it's going to be, whereas Ninja, if drafted well, and you can do these really big lines, like I feel like Surgeon Strike at the beginning of a turn is terrifying and limited. Like two for five go again, and I don't know where you're going with the rest of your turn. Mm -hmm. Do you have the other combo pieces? Uh, do I just take five damage here? That's a quarter of my life. That's like really relevant. So I think all of the go again cards for Ninja, or where it's good, where its power is going to lie, whether or not they're even combos. Like I found, if I had enough Goagans, like that's what made the Benji pool even kind of relevant and sealed. Is I just had fourteen Goagan cards. Yeah. So I was able to just pluck, 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 pluck. Um, and so I was, I, I would think that a good place to start with Ninja, even before you start like piecing together your combo lines, is making sure you just have, um, Goagan, like lots there of Goagan, and I because even head jab, like think of like a. I have four head jabs in my hand. That's a great turn. That that's not like a crazy turn, but in limited, like that's a really good turn. Um, an expression I've been thinking about for limited in general, but specifically then is this set is a uh, three is the new four. Like mm -hmm. three is yeah. the new four for sure. Um, any card that comes in for three is great. Any card that blocks for three is great. Uh, those are like premium cards. Um, and three go again is is a very premium card. Uh, yeah, it's because... a good point. You could probably just have a, a deck full of like, like eight eight head jabs and be like super happy with that. Yeah, yeah. And then and then every now and then you get the 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 one two punch at the end of a line. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Zero yeah. for five, zero for four. Those are way above right now. Um, what do you think are some uh, quote unquote bombs? Uh, for ninja are there any cards that you would see like pack one pick one where you're like oh i kind of i kind of want to lean this way uh early um 
I mean, I guess I would put forth uh, what I was just saying, like any any really good combo starter go against, not necessarily a bomb, but if I see a very relevant one in an early pack, especially um, a blue, <laughs> a blue, not necessarily a pack one pick one, but definitely something that's going to urge me to want to go ninja. Um, what do you think? Uh, you're talking about bombs for ninja? Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I got to be easy. It's bonds of ancestry. Like if you can see that early and you already want to, you're already prone to going um, ninja. Like you can once you get a couple bonds, like you can just start focusing on that, right? Focus on having a deck that's going to do that a couple times a game. Um, and bonds is just like it's so good, it's so good. That's the thing though is, is bonds. I I agree that bonds is great, but descending gust wave is something that I I prioritize a little bit more. Really? Right? Like because because. Uh, bonds and i found this out because i i played bonds in a sealed it's dead in your hand if you don't have the things that make it do the thing it does because yeah. it's a two for four with no go again and that does not feel great it doesn't do the effect so it kind of dies in your hand either unless you're playing at the end or you're arsenaling it to save for later it's a three block and that's relevant yeah. but descendant gust wave being a one one for three go again all of the time and a zero for five sometimes with go again makes it to me a, a bit of a stronger card interesting interesting i uh i'll be completely honest i'm just swayed by the blue symbol in the in the bottom um i just That's think the rare. Point. i think the rares are just like they just tell you where to go a lot of times like it's very very clear in the set the rares are really good well and um, there's talk going around about um the change in variability for rares in the set yeah so brian gottlieb posted uh, one of the main designers of the set posted that they they did actually switch up pack variability where it's the same across the board where the average should be two rares per pack, but that there's a higher variance in some packs having three rares and some packs having one rare. Um, and that does bring up some interesting questions about like sending signals, reading signals, and just getting those cards, actually uh, actually getting to draft those those rares and how important they become because of the changed variability. What do you think about yeah. that? Oh, no, I agree. The, the, the signals are going to be, like, weird. I mean, I don't even, like, I'm not even, like, a super experienced drafter in terms of, like, strategy um, and, like, the, the within the draft, like, um, strategicness. Um, but, yeah, the, the reading the signals is going to, like, be different because you're going to be wanting to send signals, and normally that meant not picking rares uh, because that doesn't, like, it leaves it ambiguous as to what you took um but like now like it, you could just have a one rare pack and like you're you're the, the person you're passing to just doesn't know like what you yeah. did <laughs> like i guess they could guess if it's pack one pick two and they they look through the pack and there's no rare and you go okay well then the only the chances that you had to pick the rare because there's not going to yeah. be a what no rare rare right if yeah. you picked a common you passed one rare pack they them. have no idea they have, they no, have idea. no idea what's what's going on yeah. in that pack. Yeah. um and so it's going to be weird for sure. I think it's, uh, I, mean, I actually don't even have a, a good opinion. I just got to get experience with it. It's going to, yeah, it's going to be different. Yeah. And that's, that, that's a bit of a sidebar. Like we are, we are sticking with, uh, with ninjas here for just a little bit longer. Um, what about armor and equipment? Uh, what do you, what do you see as like important picks as far as that go? I mean, even across the weekend, I, I found it really funny. I didn't see anyone get a mask of many faces at any of the previews. I didn't either. And I had to actually go back and check. That is a common card. Mm -hmm. set. Um, I, we should have seen one. It was, it was absurd to me that I, we opened 
I saw when I went to three different events, four boxes an event. So twelve boxes open and not a single mask of many faces was pulled. That's wild to me. It just seemed like an alarming number. Um, and I and the reason I'm bringing that up is that I think that's one of the best cards mm-hmm. <laughs> for for limited. I think it it actually makes Katsu playable in limited. I think it really helps uh, Benji. I mean, it helps both the ninjas, but. I think it just make it makes Katsu even a viable hero. I think without it, it's, you're pretty hard pressed to run Katsu. Yeah, that's a really good point. That's like a pretty good like nomination for a bomby ninja draft pick is the mask because yeah, that can be like the integral. Like if, if your if your game plan is to get like this multi card combo off like a couple times a game, like that's just gonna help smooth that out a lot. I um, think if your idea is to keep up pressure and then have the big combo turn having a piece on the board that is a part of essentially the big combo turn is is what you need with katsu versus benji can kind of just rely on poking you to death and just having really wide turns yeah it can help you get a starter it can help Mm -hmm. you get a mid combo piece doesn't really help you with the finishers (laughs) because it doesn't get the effect but um (laughs) yeah it's that's a really good really good shout out i didn't see any either i only played against a couple ninja though it was yeah. a he- very assassin heavy weekend. Um, played a lot of Azuri mirrors. Um, that was the weekend, yeah. Those were the, yeah. It was the weekend of Azuri, essentially. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a really good point. I spinning, spinning wheel kick might be a really good one, too. Um, spinning wheel kicks, I think. Really as a card point. that comes in for a break point and threatens to recur itself, which is really relevant in this set. Because um, I think a lot of people are going to try to beat ninjas by dragging them to the late game when their threat density is low and then killing them. Um, yeah, that's pretty relevant hit effect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Just being able to recur this uh, one for one for four or one for three go again. One for four. Oh my God. <laughs> and if yeah. it hits, it just is recycled. Just yeah. asking for two cards like, oh, you're not, not you're not going to fatigue me so easily there, assassin. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think uh, a card that we had talked about a little bit before before the cast that i think is going to be super super good for uh ninjas is going to be hurl which i know is a personal favorite of yours mm-hmm. through the weekend so mm-hmm. you want to talk a little bit about hurl yeah i uh i i quietly became a, a pr- very loud pro hurl uh shouter on twitter um hurl is i only played it from an assassin's perspective and i think it's a little bit better there but in general it's just like it's just it's a card that screams pitch me early and i'll come back and i'll be so much more relevant <laughs> it is so relevant when you're like around three health because right. it's it's unper it's unblockable and there's a lot of prevent effects um and actually in our game against each other you you popped your um uh your seekers equipment to to block it which is like really i wasn't even like considering it um and uh yeah, it was. It's just the one unblockable damage with the assassin. It may, it adds a hit effect to it, but with ninja, I guess there's no mask of momentum. So I'm not really sure how that works. Um, I actually don't. I don't actually know how it works with mask of momentum. If I'm being completely honest. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's a that's a good card. It's just on rate by itself. It's just a head jab, like we were talking about. I mean, is it? Would you go as far as to say it's it's a good? Pack one, pick one. Let's go for hot takes. Like, I think yeah. so. Stay open yeah. between two different heroes. Yep. Have a very good late game card. 
to go again, which I've talked about many times being one of the mm-hmm. most important things in this set. Um, and it kind of meets all of that criteria. It has an unblockable damage on it. It's great to pitch. Has go again at the three break point. You know what I mean? That's Man. that's you know a hot take. Pack one, pick one. <laughs> no, I think that's I think it's a really good really good shout out. Um, it it keeps you relatively open. Um, it's like a power card. So if if you're passing it, it's going to send signals. If you're taking it, I mean, you're not going to send any signals, but it's like, it's going to be really good no matter which of the two classes you end up going. Um, yeah. Good I think that's out. actually cool. Like, you can pick one card in this set and stay open on four heroes. Yeah. That's wild. Just even that yeah. sentence is so cool. Um, and then I think a card that's very closely related to Hurl. Uh, along the same strategy that another one we talked about pre and this is a legendary so obviously if you pull it it's something you're going to want to run um flick knives how do you feel about flick knives uh i think even without concealed blade to recur uh the daggers um it's just gonna make like going low so difficult if someone like slaps that down across from you like you're going to be terrified to leak damage. Like, you're just going to be terrified to, like, when you're even in that 6-7 health range, like, and you're just, like, one pump on a, th- like, no blocks on a three-power attack, and then a pump brings you down, like, <laughs> It's oh, so nasty. Good. It's so it's nasty. So nasty. Uh, it, I was telling you, it could, it could, you know, in the dream sequence, it can be relevant up to five damage. Like, throw both your daggers, you know, in a, in a crazy world, you get your concealed blade, you can reload them, and then you can shoot them again, and then you can block with it. Uh, I don't see we'll see that happen. It's just like the, the theoretical ceiling of that card. Yeah. Um, but I do think what we'll see happen a lot, though, is it being worth two to three damage quite quite all the time. I think yeah. you can you can end up flicking those, flicking one of your knives and blocking with it pretty easily. I I actually think you're going to struggle in limited to get that much value off of it because um, I think you don't want to use its ability until like you're pretty much going to win the game um, because losing a weapon could be really, really, really bad for your ability to close out the game if you don't win it on the spot. You think that's true for assassins specifically? Because I feel like a lot of times, especially late game when you're blocking, you're only going to get one spider's bite in, right? I mean, I, it is really relevant to pitch two cards to keep and then just swinging spider spy to keep pressure on. But I think late game, you know what I mean? You're you're at sub five health. I don't think it's a bad play to just flick one of your daggers to leak damage or eat a piece of armor and force them to do the especially if you're using it to get the the dagger on hit, right? Like you're using it against uh, a relevant uh, on hit attack you're playing, like an infect or something, and you're trying to drag yeah. their blocks down. I think that flick nice could totally be used a bit earlier than the the absolute end game. The reason I would be nervous about losing uh, one of my weapons early um, is that assassins can only really utilize their whole hand. Um, It usually involves swinging the spider's bite twice um, to use like a full, full hand, uh, let alone even like a five card hand. and so, like those late games in a situation, they're just blocking your spot. Like they're, if they're blocking out entirely, and then you can't use all your cards next when your deck is blue heavy. Like that's, I mean, a lot of games are just going to be won by like swinging spiders right twice for like fifteen turns. Um, <laughs> right? Like cool. I think a lot of people across the like across all the pre-releases, like that was the sentiment was like, I'm just going to fatigue you with spiders bite. 
basically. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I for for that for the sake of that end game, I'd be really nervous to lose a dagger if I'm not going to win the game with it. Okay, that's fair. Um, so I guess we just did ninja assassin card that moves us right over into assassin territory. Um, what are some early cards that you're looking for if you're wanting to go assassin? What what some things that you experienced in uh, pre-release that really shine to you as far as uh, as assassin um, lines and cards to pick up? Uh, I mean, we already talked about Hurl. That the same thing applies here. Um, it's even better in Assassin than it is in Ninja. Um, the Infect, Infect's really like it's the oh, most relevant of the on hit. So good, so yeah. good. Yeah, it's it's really <laughs> it's even in all colors um, because a lot of times you you you're trying to set yourself up so you can like take the spiders bite damage and then like not care and not have to block because spiders bites are so annoying to deal with. And then it's like, then they throw an effect down. It's like, oh my gosh, that's going to be so much damage. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, all colors. All colors of that, I'd be really happy to have as much as I can. I, yeah. uh, the frailty one, wither, like you just said, like that's frailties. A frailty token, like, can shut off the, the, um, the bitiness of an assassin turn. It can, sh uh, it can bring ranger stuff down to, uh, from breakpoints down to easier to block range. Um, and uh, Katsu, or like, you know, the ninjas, it's just going to take a lot of their, like, oh, yeah. efficiency away. Oh, yeah. I think, yeah, frailties, frailties shined uh, a lot more than I thought they would be. I knew they would be relevant, but I was not ready for um, actually choosing between blood rot and uh, frailty a lot of times and actually thinking about, well, what's best here? And I generally found, like, if I'm playing someone in their, you know an assassin they're keeping a five card hand have a card in arsenal you're getting a frailty like you're probably going to be able to play with that pay through that blood pox but i give you the frailty and i just shut down your five card hand yeah and now suddenly you have card you have like pitch cards that don't do anything right exactly <laughs> and you're like what do i do i'm yeah. gonna be Ugh. yeah you're right okay. <laughs> um i think another one for assassin that i i really like it it's it, very very close to infect would be isolate um okay such a good card i i think not for arachne but for azuri isolate was just one of the coolest cards every time i had an isolate hand i felt really confident about what i was about to be doing mm -hmm. um yeah i think it's great that azuri can save him for the end game and they're relevant over and over again just that alone mm -hmm. is so fun to be like zero dominate or yeah, zero for three dominate, zero for two dominate, and they know what's coming. It doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. They know matter. that an Azuri reaction's coming, um, and even not. I mean, I think even with uh, the Rockney, it still can be relevant if you have the spikes. Right? Yeah, that like, was gonna that was gonna lead me into my other power. Um, yeah, that I didn't mention before the on hits, but yeah, the the spike with um, tokens uh, attack reactions. Oh, they, great. One for one for three that blocks for three and gives your opponent a token. So like, let's say in this in the case of uh, Spike with Blood Rot, that's that's kind of a one for five block for three. It doesn't use an action point. That's yeah. a that's a really good card. That's going to be a great card in CC. That's a good card. <laughs> it's a really good card. It's a yeah. really good card. <laughs> and then frailty too. I don't know. I had a I had a I was telling Archer before the cast like I had a turn where someone played an infect with azuri and i was like all right cool i give him a card here i i'm trying to keep a three card hand so i give him the block and i'm expecting oh they're gonna switch out for a two for six or a two for five and get like a ponder right whatever no, no big whoop 
Uh, that's not what they did. They did spike with frailty, ra- uh, no, spike with blood rot, and then razor's edge. So I ended that turn with two blood rot tokens, and I took five damage. Um, that's that's deadly. That's that's one of the biggest tempo plays you can make. Um, and it was one resource, two attack reactions. Like um, assassin's going to be great, and I think that brings up the next card I want to talk about: razor's edge. Also really good. Uh, yeah. Zero for three blocks for three. It's great. I think, again, less good in the Azuri side, much better in the Arachne side, but Azuri can still use it. I mean, you, you pitch it, it's relevant late game on the stealth attacks that you don't have the two for six in hand, but you have a really nice uh, yeah, pump. You, exactly. You have all the two, you have all your stealth cards late. So yeah, yeah. that's a really good card that, to pitch late. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I think it's it. Razor's Edge is definitely dependent on if you're able to get the on-hit stealth cards because it's not doesn't no. dominate one really. Yeah. I did uh, hate I did hate seeing that with like a backstab, but yeah. it also felt really bad. Yeah. Um, but it's also just like like zero for three. It doesn't cost an action point that blocks three. Like that's really good. There's not a lot of options um, mm-hmm. for like defense reactions and uh, like defense prevention instance. There's not a lot of them. So like no. that's like I was telling telling the guys like earlier, like that's that's like the arcane damage of this set, right? It's like reaction it really damage and it's blood rot damage. And it's like it's still damage that you can't block, but everyone's like, woo, no arcane. I'm an arcane lover, so like I like to trash on these people a little bit. <laughs> um, but it's like there's they still are designing ways that's not just smashing each other with I think. I think and it's 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 one of the greatest forms of design in this game that they were able to kind of like keep arcane around but get rid of arcane um because being able to attack on another axis in this game is huge yep. uh, and it makes the game more interesting it makes uh playing more interesting playing against arcane decks is more interesting because you're able to pitch stack because you're able to say okay actually you're just like a, a wizard flicking magic at me. I'll just use my special boots, <laughs> deflect your magic, and and keep a good combo turn for later in the game. I, yeah. I think that's one of the coolest bits of theme. So I love this idea here too, where it's like you've kind of given me an ailment. I'm totally like gameplay lore nerd, right? Like you're giving me this ailment, and so I can either choose to just fight through it and and beat you up, keep keep throwing attacks, or I can kind of preserve my energy quite literally by pitching resources and yeah. having a weaker turn to just stay alive and pay take a little own. rest right exactly like, exactly yeah you're, you're slowing down your your progress taking a rest mm-hmm. to prevent some of this damage yeah it's i mean it functions very similarly to things we've seen in other sets um i don't think welcome to wraith is probably unique in the fact that it's like a balanced limited set um without these but even that no no even that has attack reactions so it's like they have that type of indominate what am i saying they dominate intimidate like that's all the same <laughs> stuff right yeah exactly it's all like like this it's about this idea of leaking and yeah and this creating interesting or like it wouldn't allow you to like play around someone who's just blocking everything all the time yeah. if it didn't have like these types of mechanics in the game or attack reactions even mm-hmm. um so the last card I want to talk about for Assassin uh, is Sneak Attack. I, I I saw Sneak Attack being my MVP Assassin card all weekend long. I love yeah. that card. Um, with Azuri, it was great, playing the red. Um, but one of the cheekiest lines I found this weekend, and I really loved it, is Blue Sneak Attack with the Fleet Foot Slippers, I think is what they're called. 
um, which gives an attack with base one or less. That's so hot, Jake. Go again. So hot. <laughs> so you can you you sneak. Oh my god! And I did it on a Zuri turn. I like I sneaked in the the a sneak attack um, from Missouri's attack reaction, and then popped my boots Ooh. to give it go again. It's zero for five going. It was it was having another ravenous travel in my deck. It was awesome. Uh, or playing it on chain and just asking my opponent, you know what I mean? You want to put a card in front of a one block? And they're like, no, not really. And you're like, cool, yeah. take five damage. That's a quarter of your health right there. Um, so that was that that card was fun. I I, I love all the lines built around the sneak attack. Um, I I had a sneak attack win me a game. Uh, I played a zero for one. He knew I was going to sneak something in. He was at seven life. And he just declared no blocks. He thought he was going to go down to one because I was going to sneak in a six. And I just put a sneak attack on the table and yep. he goes, oh, I'm dead. <laughs> and I was like, I, yeah, you're dead. Uh, so, yeah, sneak attack is um, a card that, again, I knew it was going to be cool during spoiler season. But actually getting to play with it in the format was just like it was a, just a surprise and it was exciting. Yeah. Um, And then let's just go ahead and move into the assassin ranger cards which are which are vast um but i think the the obvious first one to talk about is deathly touch uh yep. in all colors that card is you see that i would urge you to pick that early that's that's a great bomb of a card at a rare yeah all colors all colors great yep. blue still comes at a break point um it's strong uh won me a lot of games i had a yellow one in my first pool and a red one in my second pool and it, it's just like you just play to those outs like you don't mm -hmm. play it mid game willy-nilly like you got one of them like you want to win the game with it um and so it's yeah those are especially if you like if you're able to engineer like a go wide arachne turn or like uh i've ripped i could do a very similar similar things in going wide and then like you're like drawing blocks out or on early attacks and then you just end with it Ooh. Ooh, <laughs> nasty. nasty and i mean i i was loving my favorite part about deathly touch and assassin is you play the stealth, you're Azuri, you play the stealth attack, your opponent's smart, and they go, I got two cards to block, I'm just going to block for six. You go, cool. You know, Arsenal had Deathly Touch, mm -hmm. and it's still relevant. It's just, stays around mm -hmm. as a threat as long as you have it. Um, that's another one I would say, pack one, pick one, man. Easy. I think, I think Easy. any color, pack one, pick one. Keep you open again on four different heroes. Ah, three. I'm not, I'm not going to include Arachne in that. I don't think Arachne wants... Oh no, man! Arachne wants them. It fits right yeah. into your 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 pitch curve. It's a two, uh, oh, it is it's a two card hand with spires by it. All right, take that back. You are one hundred percent correct. That's a great line. That's a great line. So yeah, uh, Delta Touch pack one, pick one. Um, another one I was super hyped on. Uh, Virulent Host, I think it's called. Or uh, touch, I think. Virulent, Virulent Touch is, that, is it the one where if you block, uh, you get a blood rock. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Go ahead and talk a little bit about leaking damage all game. That card is MVP. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this this uh, this card's key. This card's like super super key. It comes in a common. Um, it along with feisty locals um, stood out to me as being like really face up. Uh, feisty locals is at red the zero for three generic that um, gets plus two. It's defended by an action card. Both these cards are present like evasive damage against decks that want to block you. And so like that's really, really important because this weekend a lot of people wanted to block you. A lot of people try to just outcard you 
and like out block you and it's like these cards are gonna like either require a really bad trade from you in terms of like card for card um or it's gonna leak damage like girl in touch at red like come on that card it's like gonna leak three damage like almost every situation the fact that you can flash it in with azuri and it's still worth three damage through a block felt so good every time it was so good um yeah and i think i think the assassins get just as much use from it it's just as easy for them to to load an arsenal save it for a relevant turn uh and flick it out on a two card hand or a one card hand that's awesome yeah arachne plays really nicely arsenals it and then gets one stealth card it's two card hand that's like gross very good very like seven damage yeah yeah um how do you feel about the assassin ranger shared traps is there anyone in particular that stands out to you i kind of like i didn't wasn't super impressed with any of them throughout the weekend uh when they happen they're great but how did you feel about them only blood rot trap stood out to me um that one just because uh it's when you want reactions like uh defense reactions it's it's a lot of times versus defense uh, attack reactions so like those those already play nicely um into each other that it gets triggered on reactions from uh, your opponent um and then it's just you know it's the best rate one it's a zero for five um and i was only bringing it in in matchups where i could like reliably expect attack reactions out of my opponent um but yeah the inertia one seemed like really bad like how like how can I be certain that I'll have that on the turn they want to Arsenal? Um, yeah, it seems that one seems really, really weak. And then I'll be honest, I don't think I even pulled the other one. So I had I had a frailty played against me, and it's very relevant. It's so relevant. <laughs> I think it's I don't want to necessarily put it above Blood Rot because Blood Rot is better rate, but its rate happens a little bit less. Whereas I found that um frailty is relevant into all the matchups because mm-hmm it into a spider's bite and it's pretty good you can play it into a kadachi and it's really good you can play it into like the ability to just like shut off daggers uh mid-turn it just gives you that extra value more often than not like especially on riptide it's a better trap because you're going to see go again way more than you're going to see attack reactions so you're guaranteed going to get that one damage but it's also like in that case like you do it on a dagger swing with um with Riptide, it's worth five damage in that instance, right? Because you shut off their next dagger and you're doing them a point of damage. Yeah. You're only blocking one, so never mind. You're only you're only coming in you're only blocking three. But if you can get on a head jab against ninja, it's one of the coolest uh things early. I I and I had that happen to me. This is the only reason I'm speaking on it, is I had someone hit me with a frailty and, and I did have a line that involved my Kadachis and it felt bad. I was like, oh, I just lost value here and you blocked out my attack. Um and blood rot i mean i did have a turn as well where i used two blood rots and that felt really really heinous to block with your whole hand and do four damage is uh that just doesn't happen in any other deck or any other format right now yeah that's a really good point that's a really good point like blocking and then also still getting damage through because like a lot of times they're not planning their turn to be able to like pitch the to the uh to the blood rot which by the way like that happens so infrequently i think one opponent pitched three reds against me and i was like that just seems wrong but like even then like like i just it's just basically free damage like asking a blue is so i don't think any of the decks i don't think there's any archetype 
in this set that wants to be running like 50% blues. No. Azuri might be the closest, but that still feels like a lot. Mm. Just because you want to swing the dagger return and fatigue? Yeah, maybe. Like maybe. Yeah, maybe. Um, and again, I think all those cards we talked about are relevant in Assassin and Ranger. Yep. Um, as far as Ranger cards go, I was a little bit, like I said, I don't have a lot of experience and I had mixed uh, feelings after playing it, but I saw uh, Spire Sniping being really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, not so much in Riptide. Relevant in Riptide? Fantastic in Azalea. I yeah. think the the one loss I had this weekend to Azalea was because the person had five Spire Snipings. Yep. Um, yep. So they were just able to do whatever they wanted anytime they wanted to. <laughs> um. Yeah, so Spire Sniping is the one for four. That it's a one for five. One for five, cool. It's a one for five that allows you to look at the top two cards of your deck. Uh, and then is it's like opt, right? Or Yeah, it's so I think it's whenever it's been flipped or placed into your arsenal face up, mm-hmm. um, you get to look at the top two cards and put them in any order. So it's not quite like opts. You can't bottom them. Um, oh, okay, okay, okay. I see. But it's still really good. It's still yeah. really good, especially in like limited where you're probably gonna be you're probably going to have less pumps and more arrows. So you're more likely to find an arrow off the top mm-hmm. uh, when you need it with a pump in hand. Um, yeah, that's a really good card. I, I I knew like before before we even had experience in the set. Oh! You see my puppy? <laughs> the pup. Yeah. Adorable. Yeah, she, she got some new toys today. So she, she showed them <laughs> to me. I said hi, Rose. Oh. Everyone say hi to Rose. <laughs> <laughs> He's a baby. Um, I probably lost my train of thought. What were we talking about? Uh, we were talking about uh, Spire Sniping. Uh, yeah, I, I identified that being as like a really strong Azalea, just like a role player. And then I think the ones that would push me early, even more than Spire, like Spire Sniping, the reason I bring it up is I think it definitely pushes you down the Azalea path. Yeah. Um, but the cards that I would be looking to pick early are all of the Lace cards. Yep. All of the Lace cards are one for three go again. Give your zero. your arrow whatever lace and your riptide zero. Oh my goodness gracious! You're, you're going to use the reactions. Yeah, they're uh, yeah. Pump for okay. zero for three. Okay, yeah. So that makes them even better. That makes them and that makes them relevant in both decks. Like on riptide, you get the reload, and in zelia, you want to go big anyways with on hits. So I think that those cards, uh, not necessarily pack one, pick one, but I think they're pick pick earlies. Uh, definitely cards to look out for if you're if you're seeing uh, them pass to you it definitely feels open yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't like pack one pick one because they're no, pretty restrictive no, no. cards um and uh and they're just like good cards right they're not like great great cards that you no. are gonna like be a win condition consistently um i uh but yeah the, the infecting shots the other one that comes right straight to mind the arrow that gives doesn't need doesn't need an aim counter for an ability it's just an on hit blood drop box yep that's like if you if you can just be like two card handing throwing those arrows at breakpoints four or five yellow the yellows and reds like you think it's and really I bad. I think it's the only very very relevant uh, on hit arrow if I'm not mistaken like I don't know yeah. any other on hit arrows that I really really care about it seems like they're mostly damage oriented mm-hmm. that one definitely feels like oh I have to block this and try to get value out of my hand right now or I yeah. just end up taking seven to eight damage that's not good. Yeah, I think I think those are going to be I think infecting shot is it's it's a common uh yeah, it's a common um but I think the the ranger decks in draft that have like six mm-hmm. six 
of those are going to be gross, right? Yeah. Can you imagine yeah, like that's... every other turn having to deal with one of these? And some of them are pumped up to like eight, eight, eleven. Seven. Like, yeah. come on, <laughs> come on. Yeah, yeah. That, I think I think that 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 is a that is a heavy heavy uh, early pick. Like again, these are these are cards that you know you want to stay. I think you want to you're incentivized to stay open in this set versus the last one, which was like. I was picking bombs early as shit in Uprising, yeah. Just because I was like, I don't want anybody else to have these cards if they, if I don't end up on this hero. Whereas you in this need one, to just pick a lane and stick to it. Like you just need to send signals really strong in that yeah. set. But yeah, it might be totally different in this set. Yeah, I think you you have the opportunity to stay open a little bit longer. But that being said, if you're getting past this card and it's like pick three, pick four, and you're in between, that hero to me at that moment looks open. And it looks like that's a card you need to be you need to be slotting in. Um, yeah. This is all speculation too, y'all. Let's let's be real. Like I've not drafted a single minute of this uh, of this set. This is all just me uh, grasping at straws. But I think that's a fair. I think that's a fair assessment. If you get past this card at pick four, uh, Ranger's probably open, and you should probably grab it if you were thinking about going Ranger. Yeah, it's a huge it's a huge signal for sure. In yeah. fact, it's just it's just so good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, and I'll be honest. Like, I'm, I'm kind of like struggling to think of other types of cards I would target because I, I didn't play any Ranger this weekend. Yeah, um, I was gonna say the same. Turn. Yeah, uh, well, I'll get some drafts in this week. I think at least one, uh, online one, and then release weekend we're definitely gonna get some drafts in. Um, but Ranger, uh, I hit up one of uh local uh players um that did really well this weekend, uh Jesse. And he said he had like a really nice Riptide deck one night. And I was like, dude, can I like see it? Because like I don't even know how Riptide like what a good Riptide deck looks like. Yeah. <laughs> and I saw it, and I was like, oh, okay. So you have a lot of zero force. So that's cool. <laughs> you have a lot of zeros. It's uh, yeah. It's then, a deck that just does a normal deck thing and can fling arrows as well. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, that makes just sense. Like yeah, he had like four of the Gogan arrows, and so it was just like bap 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 bap. Like he's yeah. going, he he was going really wide with his deck. That's super cool. That's super cool. Um, um, yeah, I need more time though to yeah. figure figure out those archetypes. You want to talk about any generics that uh, really shine through? I think, I think we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier, but I think a fantastic pack one pick one, Avernus Ravel, red, red, red. <laughs> Let yep. me just go ahead and put that out there. Don't be picking blue Ravenous Ravel as your pack one pick one. Yep. But uh, I think red is good in every single deck in this format that keeps you extremely open and will always be relevant i think definitely 100 agree especially because we already touched on like i don't think any decks in this set like really want to be blue heavy so like it's the rabbles are more often not going to be like really good value um and then the one deck that maybe wants to be a little blue heavier we'll, we'll see as we get into the set more uh maybe maybe katsu wants to be really blue heavy i have no idea um like we'll 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 see Azuri, sorry the point is azuri can be a little more blue heavy but then she can get around it she doesn't have to reveal right using her ability um yeah rabble's a great one um i would say easy is come to fight i'd pick that come to fight. Pick one um all colors yeah i i would only pick the red first i think oh yeah pack one pick one but i think all colors are relevant as early picks mm -hmm. yep yep absolutely i'm scooping up as many of those as i can just because uh they're the most versatile, like, right? They, like, if they don't attack you and present, like, damage and stuff like that, you can use them still productively on most hands. Um, yeah, all colors, you're right. They block well. They fit into a lot of hands. And like... the sneaky thing I was telling you earlier, 
if you have one in hand, you can like confidently take a spider's bite and still block mm -hmm. for three, um, which throws opponents off a lot of times. Actually, when you block with two cards, you're like, oh, I'll block for five. They're like, oh, no, you blocked for four. You're like, no, I, I blocked for five. That's a non-attack. Because <laughs> um, they're just so few and far between. And I, I believe it is the only generic non-attack that blocks for three in the entire set. Yeah, at least a common and rare. We have yeah, I, I think I think that might be true. Um, what other generics are you kind of looking for that are super important? I don't like. Uh, I'm having I, a hard time thinking of another one that's like as bomby as those two. I'll I'll touch on some that are like more like role players. Like I wouldn't yeah. pick these early, but they're definitely like mid to late pack role players. If I'm deciding what hero I'm in, uh, Springload uh, fits really nicely into Rackney play patterns. Um, mm -hmm. It's a little bit awkward, but you can consistently get like on rate damage. And like we talked about, on rate is kind of above rate in this set. Um, uh, Feisty Locals, I mentioned earlier, that fits into a lot of decks, I think. I think Feisty Locals is like a super good early generic pick if you're still like hedging, hedging your picks a little bit. Even when you're not hit, it's just a good card. Um, it helps against fatigue, which is going to be a relevant aspect of this metagame. Um, uh, what are some other generics in this set? Uh, oh, I have one to put up. Uh, I kind of spoiled it earlier, but uh, Virulent Host, not Touch. A host is, I think, a great card. So Host is the one that when you attack oh, with it... Virulent. It's called something else, isn't it? Infectious Host? Infectious Host, yeah. Oh, yeah, Infectious Host. When you attack with it, it's not even an on-hit. When you yeah. attack with it, if you have any of the ailments, you just pass them to your opponent um yeah. that feels great <laughs> that one felt awesome uh i definitely picked up a blue in a sealed pool pitched it had it for a late game and it felt really really good there yeah. um again i don't think it's an early pick but it definitely is a great role player um and it's not a bad card to like if you if you have it in a shuffle down to you, you don't know what to pick from a pack that's a great one to, to pick up yeah uh, the zero for four uh generics were like all like decent right they're like very like just get getting chip damage against decks that want to block you and then just having as much damage as you can versus the decks that don't like mm -hmm. the zero fours are going to be really crucial just for that stat line and i think uh i think feisty locals gets thrown in with the zero for fours because of how it operates right like it's going to ask for two cards or it's going to leak damage well no so, no, no feisty locals um if they no blocks it's three damage no that's if what i'm saying that's what i'm saying so if they want to block it they're going to need to give you two cards and they're on the red right because like if yeah. not if they block with a card they're just going to take two damage and it made no sense for them to block in the first place i, got, I, I understand yeah. where, you, where your mats come from now yeah. yeah like i i would include the if i see locals is great and i thought the yellow was particularly good in benji that was really fun yeah. um peace of mind um mm -hmm. we can talk on some of the defensive tools uh those are peace of mind's really good value um especially if you pair it with uh, piece of seekers equipment um, but even not pairing with a piece of Seekers equipment, like, it's just uh, the Reds. I I saw Hayden uh, Hayden Dale on Twitter said that the Yellows were even, like, playable. And, like, I don't know. I don't know about that much. It, it was relevant. I mean, if you're living in a world where fatiguing your opponents is, like, a very, very common strategy that might pop up in this set because of Rangers and stuff. Yeah. Like... It it can be nice. I don't know. Um, I I kind of agree. Two cards for three doesn't feel fantastic, but like we like said, card, right? Because what you get a ponder replacement. Yeah, exactly. So even in even in that instance, it's like we said three is the new four. So it is kind yep. of at that at that point. Um, 
And I think that's a great point too. I thought brush off, uh, brush off, and peace of mind were two cards that I kind of wrote off personally, and that was a huge mistake. It was a huge mistake. Uh, both those cards are fantastic. Uh, yellow brush off, uh, low key MVP. Just being able to get rid of a blood rot uh, as an instant was really cool, and also just keeping around, waiting for your opponent to push over, and just having that in hand. Um, really, really nice. Really, really nice. Yeah, that was uh, a good, really key interaction you brought up. You can use these prevention effects um because a lot of the prevention effects are worded such they look for the next um source of damage like both the seeker's equipment the seeker's equipment lets you like pay off half of the blood rot um damage for one resource mm-hmm. uh, which in a lot of hands like it's like the best you can do and the, yeah the brush offs um yeah that's a really good shout out i mean yeah i, I didn't even think about that but the seekers do give you that value right because the blood rot is essentially arcane damage at one and a half um so being able to actually clear it out for one for one it's not bad no and then you I, get the opt too which is like can be yeah. relevant right it's, it's like the opt right before your draw or right before your ponder um so it, it could be it could be paired together very nice i mean i mean the set's designed really nicely <laughs> yeah man <laughs> right yeah as we really dive into these interactions as even through this conversation it's really shine through how little i mean even where i had that game against a riptide where i saved my I went down to two health and I saved my seekers and I was, I was legitimately holding on every turn ready for him to play a trap. And, and I survived where I was just like, dude, if you play two traps here, that's highly unlikely. But if I have no seekers guilt, I just die. Okay. I'm going to keep a resource around every turn. Um, and it ended up being relevant. He played a trap and I ignored it and he was not ready for me to stay at the life toll I was at. Um, and just little things like that, the little minutia, of really understanding um the damage interplay of this set it, you know it this set is skill skill expressive for sure i love um, it I love yeah it. i'm really excited for it all right y'all well thank you for joining us for our little wrap-up of uh pre-release weekend and talking about some of these limited cards that we're excited about um archer do you have any sign-offs anything you want to say uh no we ran a bit long i was gonna i was i was planning on ranting a little bit about some stuff i saw on twitter um but i think hit him with it hit him with it no go hit him with it all right yeah i played i'll start off the conversation by saying i I played a 45 card pile azuri this weekend into archer uh ready as hell to fatigue him uh how did that go for me archer I mean, like, you just, like, you're playing bad cards to get up to 45. Like, you're not playing three blocks. Like, if you, if you have a bunch of three blocks, you can throw in, sure, go above 30. But, like, I was, like, very consistently, I was playing against 30 side, 36 card and up. And the most I played into any matchup was 33, just because I couldn't decide, like, what, like, tra- what to cut for, like, some defensive tools. Um, it's not, like... Like I get it for pre-release, it makes sense because like you you're not super familiar with the set, so like you it makes more sense to play more and just like attrition people out. Um, but I think as we're gonna discover, there's a lot of tools to beat fatigue, a lot of tools to beat fatigue, and I don't think it's not like you're efficient fatigue. And like I've had the benefit of like practicing and bashing my head against the wall of like an amazing fatigue player in Natan who has done deck techs on this channel. Um and I think I'm really good at playing against it, but like people on Twitter, they were like, oh, is the only way you can win a pre-release is if you play a pile. Like, yeah. like I have to play pile to beat pile. It's like, nah, man, you just gotta like, you just gotta play good synergies. Like, no, you do, you really do. And you have to like this, this, this set, like, 
I mean, it's, it feels really bad to say it, but it's just like, just pitch stack. <laughs> and it's like, not like, even, I mean, I don't that's what, you know, you, you just beat me with relevant interactions. I think Azuri was, it's just hard to fatigue, right? Like we got down to that part of the game where I'm blocking with four cards, trying to just stay at three health. And you're even telling me, it's like, yeah, but now you're actively fatiguing yourself. You're not fatiguing me. I'm pitching yeah. for spider's bites now. I'm, pay, I'm playing two cards. You're playing four every turn. I'm winning that cycle. Um, and that's kind of the position you can kind of force yourself into. And that's not even a pitch deck thing. That's just having to play around the attack reactions. Yeah. Yeah. Once you're, I, once I, you're in that position, it's hard. I, I think limited's a really good uh, a really good way to practice uh, like pitch stacking uh, fundamentals, uh, and for a lot of new players, like I, I've just been pr started practicing it recently, and I've made a lot of level ups in like the last like e less than a year um, in terms of like progress from not doing it to doing it frequently. Um, and it just starts with just being aware of what's going on the bottom of your deck. Like, just start with like make sure I have a good amount of reds down there. Like, make some reds sparsed out with some cards to pay for them um it starts there and then as you start learning it it just becomes more intuitive and it becomes less of a burden on um on like your active thinking um and limited's a great way because limited doesn't have a lot of high power level where like you don't like you can afford to take inefficiencies and not lose the game um because like pitch second ultimately is like you're taking an inefficient line to do something more Later. efficient bigger. um and i just i think a don't play pile. Don't play pile. Practice. And, and I like... think even with a 30-card deck, you're seeing your second cycle earlier. So you're mm -hmm. getting to see the effects in a shorter amount of time. Just so yes. for just memory's sake, like it's a much, it's a much uh, more concise experience than in a CC. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't even consider it for that. It's it yeah, no. Less, yeah, it's less. I hard. explained that to someone last night when they were talking about like, oh, I don't even know how to approach pitch stacking. And I was like, use limited format to to kind of get this. You you would express that to me and it made a ton of sense. And yesterday I had a game where I've been doing that and I naturally, and it felt, I felt so smart. I naturally pitched death touch blue and an isolate right next mm -hmm. to each other. And they were in a hand and Jesse being as great of a player as someone we talked about earlier on this cast, he was like, you're two, you're two hands away from it. And I go, what? And he goes, flip off the top of your deck. You're two hands away from your stack. And I go, boom, 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 boom. And it was right there. And I was like, damn. Okay. So you tracked my stack and, caught it there like that's another level of nuance yeah. in this game that i'm not at yet and i'm excited to get to um, it just comes it just comes with like practice yeah. right like it's you practice these things deliberately and then they become less deliberate and um it's just yeah it's also like doing on a hero in a format that you understand right like it's just like you're not worrying about like oh reading my cards and how they interact with each other like you're able to just like think about more and process more with less tax on your system totally all right uh, y'all okay. yeah i had a lot of fun talking <laughs> no i, I have yeah. a lot i have a lot to say about the set and i'm really excited to get more get get into it more oh totally i i think uh over this next month this this cast will definitely be heavily focused on the limited experience and what's yeah. going on as far as that as uh me and archer get games in and, and tim as well really just diving through this set and learning as much as we can and hopefully sharing it with you guys all right well have a good uh, have a good week y'all thanks for joining us cheers All right, there you go, Tim. Can you, can you long, but can you come on? Can you talk to us now and let us know we did a good job?